Dr. Barbara Byers. If you'd like to access notes for today's video, go to www.barbarabyers.com. We are going to talk today about the rational mind, the intellect. So the body of Christ has sometimes devalued intellect, but we are created with good minds. Our, ra our rationality, our ability to analyze is a good thing. And God is very interested in our thoughts and in our thought processes. Psalm 139 says, you have searched me, Lord, you know me, you You've perceived my thoughts from afar and are familiar with all my ways. He knows all our ways. He knows our thoughts. He knows how we process things. And amazingly, he still gives us the freedom to choose where we set our mind, where we set our thoughts. So when we come to know the Lord, we begin to realize the importance of our thought life and the vital necessity and our responsibility to have a changed uh, mind, to have a renewed mind, to have the mind of Christ. Dallas Willard wrote, thoughts are the place where we can and must begin to change. There the light of God first begins to move upon us through the word of Christ. There the divine spirit begins to direct our will to more and more thoughts that can provide the basis for choosing to realign ourselves with God in his way. The ultimate freedom we have as human beings is the power to select what we will or will not allow and require our minds to dwell upon. Isn't that amazing? That's the ultimate freedom. No one can take that freedom from us. Sometimes we've abdicated that freedom, but we have the freedom where we set our mind. So the true voice of the intellect is I consider reflect, perceive, judge with understanding and with truth. The two false voices are, one is, I'm compulsive in my thoughts and unable or unwilling to choose what I set my mind on, I've abdicated, or I'm confused because of what I think and believe. So in the false voices, we've become paralyzed very often into just one way of thinking and we've abdicated for responsibility for what we do set our mind on for what we do think about and what we do believe because the intellect is connected to the deeper beliefs so thoughts are all the ways we're conscious of things memories perceptions beliefs assumptions images all combine together to create a powerful governing system within us. It's then, um, they're compressed and reinforced time and time again to create this system, the value system. So it's our internal map and it orients us certain directions and certain ways of responding. We take in knowledge, we take in our experiences, our beliefs, memories, attitudes, and all of those uh, combine together to create a lens through which we view the world. And whatever we believe, whatever we hold in our core will spill out in our words, our feelings, our thoughts, our actions. We often don't recognize how automatically patterned our thoughts are because they're so deeply informed by our core beliefs. But the good news is 
we can change them. We can interrupt these patterns uh, by changing our deeper beliefs. So thoughts give form in our rational mind to the deeper beliefs and values of the heart. The rational mind operating with connections to the receptive heart, that's the intuition and the imagination, give channels for thoughts to run in and consistently healthy thoughts build good, healthy channels. Our power of thought is really so wonderful and so great that we have the capacity to dwell on what's good and true and lovely and so on, as Paul wrote in Philippians 4.8. We create these channels by what we take in. And when we take responsibility for where we set our mind, the Holy Spirit can fill us with these um, life-giving thoughts. He can fill us with peace and joy. We create new networks within us. So we can't hide our real beliefs very long. They, they spill out. And what we think about people, about things, really directs and orients our actions, our words, all of our adaptive responses. Those old, deeply embedded messages come up and inform us how we should think and how we should feel. And they do it in very pervasive ways, very cyclical sort of ways. So when we believe a lie, when we take in a lie through our wounding, we're lending our heart to it, to really to create our future. And then that lie gets recreated over and over and it continues to determine our future and it continues to try to tell us its truth. And it feels so true to us, we're bound by it. And we just keep operating under the wrong premises, feeling the wrong feelings and have all these skewed perceptions and thoughts about life. We can be so convinced something is real or true when it's not. So a whole disease complex of core beliefs can be built from our defenses that really become our default in the way we think. It's not so much what's happened to us as the lie that came out of it. And these lies center around things like shame and hopelessness and unworthiness and powerlessness, abandonment and invalidation when we believe our experiences. But 2 Corinthians 10.3 tells us uh, that we're to pull down strongholds and we're to bring our thoughts in obedience to Christ. Strongholds, we can think of strongholds as fortresses. They're made of stones, and we can think of the stones as our thought patterns that are in conflict with God. All of our reasonings and ideals and images and uh, things that, where the enemy inhabits these stones, and he hides in them. The trouble really is what we believe and what we keep believing. So the brain uh, takes in the incoming information, but it continually compares it to what's already there and to what it expects to receive. And this is why we have to tear down strongholds and bring our thoughts uh, to the Lord Jesus. As we convert our thoughts, so we convert our souls. When God speaks his truth, we change, we come alive inside. And if we won't settle for the inferior, for the lie, if we'll pursue him in the truth, our thought life's gonna be transformed, transformed and we're gonna to learn to love him with our mind, as scripture tells us to. So in our childhood years where so many things get formed, we learn to live with certain messages that developed into mental and emotional strongholds in our soul. And these have power to control us. In those early years, we took in wounds and the messages that accompany them. And then we created our lifestyle response from those. Um, and they stand very often against the promises of God.
While the wounds may be forgotten to our conscious mind, to our present mind, the deeper heart has never forgotten and has stored them away. And the pain that's stored may cover our true identity, who we're really created to be with layers and layers and layers of other things. This is especially true of trauma. But God wants to come and heal and transform all that underlying pain and take those layers off. So we have to stop evading the pain and ask the Lord in so he can do his beautiful work. So the core structure of our soul is defined by these inner dictates, these deep belief patterns etched in our hearts. And as Christians, we have these two contradictory sets of beliefs. We have one set of beliefs from faith in Christ, but we have another set of beliefs from the unhealed heart, from things that aren't yet, haven't yet been transformed. And very often the core beliefs have come from uh, family of origin circumstances. And they can have all kind of toxic ideas like, uh, I'll always be rejected, I'm dirty because I was violated, we don't tell secrets outside the family, unless someone tells me what to do, I'll be overwhelmed, if I don't perform well, I'll be loved, all sorts of things like this. Uh, John Arnott wrote, Pastor John Arnott, each of us has been wounded. To each of these wounds, Satan has attached lies at the time of the wounding. The lie may as well be truth, because believing these lies creates a life script that is lived over and over. Whenever the memory is struck, the pain, shame, guilt, and fear that accompany the lies are then transferred into your present experiences, reactions, and relationships. Your past then becomes the thief of your present and future. So the core beliefs are, come, come from distorted places and they're disfigured by these wounding messages. Uh, for instance, if, if I have had, if I had a good relationship with my mother and my sisters, I didn't have any sisters, but, and, and I had deep affirming relationships with women, when I met someone new, I would expect um, good things. But if I had had a lot of rejection with women, pain with my mother, with my sisters, with other women, my heart would automatically expect that, oh, you know, rejection may come, and I would approach that new acquaintance in a very self-protective way because my thoughts are being informed by this wound. So our past shapes our present and future unless we interrupt it. And it really does take deliberate effort on our part to uncover these core beliefs and uncover our biases and uncover the lies. And it's, it's hard sometimes to consider another perspective because we're so entrenched in these patterns. That's why it's important to stop and ask the Lord, is what I'm thinking true or based in truth? Is this real? We don't just uh, ask the Lord to change us, but we also have to be willing to have him change our thoughts and our stories and edit our stories one truth at a time, one insight at a time as we let truth in. Our soul is so designed for growth that when we take responsibility and we invite the grace of the Lord, in the presence of the Holy Spirit, we're gonna see transformation come. And it really is a privilege and it helps us to see this as a privilege, to, um, to be privileged, to have the freedom of where I set my thoughts is to take responsibility for that. And as the Holy Spirit 
aids us in his revealing, um, then I can overcome the darkness and the reactivity that propels my thoughts and informs my emotions. So we can ask him for this and we must ask him for this. We can recognize some of these patterns and strongholds from distorted thinking, from reactivity, where we have difficulty with personal relationships, coping styles that perpetuate pain, attacks of self-doubt, poor self-image, control issues, codependency, addiction, depression, anxiety, and so on. Patterns attract us and they strangely comfort us and we sort of settle into their shape and it takes real effort to change them, but we can, we can. We ask him to reveal the strongholds in our thinking. We ask him to, to show us, because a stronghold is a kind of a command center. Uh, and it is well developed. And we have certain ways of coping and certain ways of self-protection that have sprung up from uh, the past. For instance, a stronghold of dread will inform our thinking and thoughts with just constant negative expectations then we're not free to delight in the Lord. The Lord says He wants to be our refuge. He wants to be our command center. He will be. So um, I was reading Numbers 33 one day, and it, this really struck me that, that this is a pattern the Lord gives us for our Christian living. So Numbers 33.1 begins by describing, quote, the stages of the journey of the Israelites. And when they come out of Egypt, all the way to the promised land. So it goes on for 49 verses. And then in verse 51, the Lord spoke to Moses and he said this. They were standing at the Jordan River. Speak to the Israelites and say to them, When you cross the Jordan into Canaan, drive out the inhabitants of the land before you. Destroy all their carved images and their cast idols and demolish their high places. Take possession of the land and settle in it for I've given you the land to possess. So this is the pattern that emerges. Number one, they were to cross over into the land, indicating coming out of the kingdom of darkness, as we do when we come to the Lord, and coming in to the kingdom of the beloved son, the kingdom of light. We'll step over and we'll step in by salvation, but we're not yet fully established in the land. There's still lots of things to overcome. So the second thing is they were to drive out the inhabitants that were already there in the land. For us, that might be generational influences, lies, thoughts, emotions we learn to trust, unhealed memories, the spirit of this world, sinful and hurtful experiences, all the things that made a dark impression on our soul. The third thing, they were to destroy the figured stones and images on high places. So for us, that's the habits that have become our command center, our strongholds, our addictions, as well as people we're in idolatry with, codependency with, because these really hinder our ability to hear the Lord and to walk with the Lord in fruitful ways. Because there's within us a war as to who will govern, we've got to destroy these things. Fourth, they were to take possession and live in the land as we are to. We're to live fully in His presence fully endued with his power, fully developing the fruit of the Spirit, live in his provision, live in his promises. We're taking those first three steps in order to fully enter in and possess the land. But we have to dispossess the old things in order to possess the land. However, 
If we don't follow God's pattern and drive out the inhabitants, distorted patterns are going to result. And, and here's what will happen. Verse 55, he said, But if you do not drive out the inhabitants of the land, those you allow to remain will become barbs in your eyes and thorns in your side. They will give trouble in the land where you live. So let's look at these three. One is pricks in your eyes. If we're unable to see with the eyes of our heart, how in the world are we going to discern how to walk in the Spirit? Our inheritance is to have eyes to see. And if we don't let the Lord transform us, we see in distorted ways because we see through damaged and scratched lenses. Second thing, thorns in our side. That's constant pain, stress, pressure in relationships, even with physical illnesses. And the third thing is there's gonna be trouble in our land. There's gonna be chaos, upset, instability, uh, financial difficulty the same patterns repeating and repeating. So sometimes our enemies remain in opposition to us because we've refused to deal with something the Lord wants us to deal with, one of these distorted patterns. Um, one place of idolatry, maybe. A bad habit will just continue to harm us. I know that sounds simplistic, but it's true. The harm will continue and to, to, to change the distorted patterns we're going to have to deal with our own resistance to change and invite the Lord into that. And if we ask Him, He will give us His help to come out of resistance and to come out of denial. So transforming our mind into wholeness. Since our mind interprets our experiences, it does, we interpret just about everything that comes in, we need to reframe our interpretations. God is Redeemer, and as Redeemer, He always injects hope. We have the power of agreement with Him. We have the power to give life what we need to give life to. We have power in our agreements. So our agreements need to change. We need to no longer agree with the past, the pain, the pain of the past. We need to no longer agree with lies. Um, sometimes I'll just say out loud, well, that's behind me. That's behind me. That's me breaking my agreement with all that and no longer aligning ourselves with that pain and with those old messages, because now we're aligning ourselves and agreeing with God's promises and God's truth. So the good news is found in 2 Corinthians 10:4 that we have divine power, divine power, to demolish strongholds. Oh, so amazing. But we're not gonna destroy the command center from our own source of power. It's not within us. That's how it got there, our own source of power. So. The way we go about it is really important because Jesus came to set us free of negative habits and the wonderful news is that by his grace and my responsive discipline, I can establish new thought patterns. As I say no to lie-based thinking, negative thinking, the flow stops and a new flow can start. I can say yes to the good. So each no and each yes as they follow each other a new habit begins to develop. And these aren't broad choices. These are very specific choices. I'm tempted to pass on a little bit of information as gossip. I say no. What am I doing? I'm saying yes to something else and building something good. Choice after choice after choice. As we watch over our own heart, Proverbs 4.23, then we can develop the new thing, right? 2 Corinthians 10, 5, and 6 in the message says, 
fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of life shaped by Christ. That's our part. His is the empowering. Sometimes we have been so invested in the lies that it's really scary for us to even consider what it will cost us to give up the lie and to live in freedom. Like some people just have a very difficult time giving up their victim mentality so they can live in freedom. They find it easier to blame someone else and to live in the past. And we can't just focus, you know, on finding the lie and removing the lie. We have to bring everything in captivity to Christ. It's His Lordship. So as the lie is uprooted, it's replaced with His truth. We turn around the negative and replace it with the good. So, for example, if I'm feeling um, shameful thoughts, thoughts of self-hatred, I can choose not to let those continue to course through my mind. I can choose to give courtesy to myself, to give gentleness to myself, even as Jesus does, to have compassion and invite him into that. So as, as I'm willing, I can have the very mind of Christ. My mind is renewed. And when I get his mind, it so far transcends anything I can think of anyway. Um, in fact, 1 Corinthians 2, 6 through 16 tells us that because we've received the Holy Spirit, we can now freely know the things given to us by God. Isn't that amazing? That we will have spiritual thoughts and we will have spiritual words to accompany those spiritual thoughts. And as a result, we can reason differently. We can be full of hope, joy, peace, confidence, all those things. So as deep beliefs, the old messages and the old lies are recognized and changed by listening to the Lord as we take in His Word, we start developing wholeness. We start maturing because we're taking responsibility for where we set our mind, what we choose to think, and what we choose to believe. We're giving up our investment in those lies and our agreement. And we're now beginning to establish stable, enduring patterns, thinking in new ways. The old starts breaking apart and the new starts coming and it forms a whole new framework for our thinking. Christ gets formed in us. All right, so I wanna give you just a, a a practical application, I feel like it's something the Lord gave me that I, I hope will help you. So we're gonna engage our wills in this process um, to change our thought pattern, not in a striving way, but in collaboration with the Lord, saying yes to Him, and doing battle with these distorted thoughts as He supplies the empowering grace. So how we go about it is important. So um, this is called uh, the ARC, A-R-C, and it stands for arrest, renew, or renew and replenish, and cultivate. So imagine an arc, imagine a rainbow. And at this end is darkness. These are distorted lies and beliefs and thoughts and things that begin to come into our mind, okay? We're gonna need to do something about that. And what we need to do is to arrest them. So there's the A of the arc. So the first thing we do with uh, demonically inspired negative thoughts, toxic things, is we engage our will, empowered by the Holy Spirit, and we arrest that thought and we interrupt the flow. That no is just the beginning though, because we're gonna keep moving toward the Lord in the ark. Next, we are, we renew and replenish, and that's where we replace that with the truth, right? If something comes in, then I have to say no to it 
but it's important what I say yes to. So we adapt, we disable that, and we adapt to the new. We receive it into our heart by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is one reason it is so important to memorize scripture and have it hidden in our hearts so the Holy Spirit has access to that. We take in this and then we, we keep moving across the ark, we renew our mind, but then we take it in, we, we let it take root and we cultivate it. We keep feeding it, we keep choosing well and we anchor in and it makes us steadfast in the Lord, it makes us strengthen in the Lord. And now we're developing, we're cultivating a healthy belief system. That's the new self, redeemed in Christ, based in truth. I'm taking responsibility to arrest the thought, to renew my mind, and I'm cultivating the new. So now the thoughts are gonna travel actually in new neural pathways. The brain is affected because I'm gonna meditate on the word and create something new and my heart is gonna get reshaped by the new patterns. Our, our health depends on this, our spiritual health, our emotional health, even our physical health depends on it. And it's something we can choose because we have so much power to choose where we set our mind. So um, as the thought becomes established in new habits, we create this new cultivated discipline now more is possible. We can retain more. A new framework is built. And when we stop believing everything we think, when we stop letting every lie in, when we start letting go, we can build the new and the good and then even more is possible. Okay, so now I'd like to pray. And again, um, if you, any point in the prayer, the Holy Spirit is moving you can just put your finger on your pause button and just give him time to soak you in that part of the prayer and then pick back up. So let's pray. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for your presence. Now, thank you. You are so invested in this, in telling us to renew our mind and then in giving us the mind of Christ. How wonderful. We thank you for giving us a wonderful mind. No matter what our IQ is, Lord, you've given us all the ability to have intellect, to think, to remember, to know, to analyze, to take in. And we thank you for our good minds. We also ask you to forgive us, Lord, where we've had uh, sloth, where we have been passive and haven't asked you to transform our thought life where we have allowed old channels to remain and govern us, command us. Lord, forgive us and forgive us where we have let old wounds and old experiences tell us the truth about who you are and about how life is supposed to be. Lord, these things have governed us and we ask your forgiveness. We ask you to forgive us where we have let the poison stay and we particularly repent and just ask the Lord right now of any lie he wants to bring up or any thought pattern that you know is within you or he shows you now just repent of that just name that before the Lord as we name it we have authority over it we bring it to the cross thank you Lord that even now you reveal any lies, any thought patterns, any habitual ways of seeing the world, of being negative, of giving up, 
any hopelessness, mm, powerlessness, sense of uh, incompetency. Lord, thank you. Sense of inferiority, sense of abandonment, all that's affected these whole patterns in our thinking. Thank you. We need you to break that apart that we can establish the new. Thank you that you forgive us where we have come into agreement, Lord. Thank you. Expose these things to your beautiful light, Lord, and banish them from our life. Expose the least lie. Expose any pattern. Thank you, Lord. Break generational iniquities in the way we've been taught to think, in the way we think about things, biases and prejudices, ways of making decisions, ways of limiting ourselves, ways of seeing the world apart from your real truth. Things that, Lord, we're not even aware of and don't even realize. We ask you to bring light to them. We need your empowering grace to renew our mind according to your truth. We need your empowering grace to form new and healthy and disciplined habits. And we ask for that now. And we thank you for your empowering grace. Lord, you wouldn't tell us to renew our mind if you didn't make it possible. We not only want to think well and think sanely, Lord, we want to love you with our whole mind. And we ask you, Give us the mind of Christ. Give us the mind of Christ. You have given us power, love, and a sound mind. That's what your word says. You've given us the ability to think well and to have the freedom and fullness of joy and peace in our minds, Lord. We receive that now. We receive your mind, Lord Jesus. We receive your thoughts. We thank you that we can speak in spiritual words and think in spiritual thoughts because your word and your spirit is within us. Lord, break us free by the power of your Holy Spirit. Break us free from the torment of our compulsions of mind, from our obsessions and our compulsions, our chaos and the things that have held us in these patterns. We bind to the cross any demonic power of torment over our minds now. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for the power of the cross to accomplish this in us. We repent where we have let our mind dominate over any other part of our soul, where we have separated our rational mind from our receptive heart, Lord, and from any other parts of us. And we welcome you now to connect and restore every part of our soul Form together, joining our rational mind with every other part. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that when we ask, you hear us, and we have the request that we ask of you. And we ask you now, just help us know what are the next small steps we take to anchor in the good and the new, to cultivate a good thought life. As you've promised us, you will lead us in your truth. We step towards you with great hope for your healing in our thought life, in our rational mind, in our deeper beliefs. We thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you again for joining me. My website is www.barbarabyers.com for my blogs and these notes. See you next time.